I feel like I'm just carrying something this morning. And um, sometimes in your communicating, people can get free or get delivered. And I, I don't know, I just feel that upon me today as I minister from the Word. We're in a well-known chapter, Proverbs chapter 31. And I've been in the series teaching about the blessing of God. And I'm going to just teach you this morning how womanhood and motherhood is blessed. And this is just really stirring within me because I'm telling you, the blessing of God is real in your life, and the Bible says it can overtake you. You know, that actually happened to uh, my sister Amanda. Her home has been literally overtaken by children. And I mean, they came over the other day, and there was a clear pathway to go back to the bedrooms, and two of the boys just jumped over the couch on top of it as they went back to that room. And I was just thinking, man, these children are overrunning my home. The blessing of God has overtaken my sister. Praise God. <laughs> Proverbs 31. I'm going to read verse 26 down to verse 29, the heart of our text this morning. I want to pray. I want to read this and pray. Uh, it says, A godly woman opens her mouth with wisdom. On her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for a word in season, a word that's freeing and uplifting. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, we would get insight, revelation today. I pray it would sink deep down in the hearts and the minds of people, and that you'd even shift our perspectives and help us grow as the people of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I got to give my mom a shout out. You know, happy Mother's Day to my mom. She raised three kids, and uh, man, we're all serving the Lord. Um, and we managed to get along. That's a significant accomplishment. Um, someone asked my mom how she did that. She said, I beat the tar out of them. So <laughs> the other day, my wife was reminding me uh, about a story where I got spanked because I didn't want to eat something mom made. And she was like, don't you remember? And I was like, no, I must have blocked that out of my mind. Early childhood trauma. <laughs> so, but I do want to thank mom for everything, for the way she raised us and for beating the tar out of us. So. <laughs> I want to teach you this morning about how motherhood is blessed. It's a blessing. Um, there's a great verse here, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. I saw this in a lot of places this morning on, on social media. Motherhood is blessed. God has endowed a blessing upon it. And I know some of y'all feel like there's no hood like motherhood, but I'm just telling you that God's blessing is on womanhood, on motherhood, and you can read about women in the Bible that God specifically promised children to. He worked with them. I mean, there's something significant about it. And, you know, the thought occurred to me as I was preparing this week, as I was praying, and as I was reading that verse about how children will rise up and call her blessed. That's what it says. Why? Exactly is motherhood so blessed? That thought came to me. Why is it a blessing? And, you know, I'm grateful for the Bible because it provides answers. The Bible has answers for just about every question you could think of. And there's answers in the book here, and, and I, I just love teaching from it. I love talking about it. So I, it did take me probably too long in life to fully appreciate the upbringing I had my mom, my grandma, it took me a long time to appreciate my sisters and, for, and appreciate. I don't know, why does it take people sometimes so long to really just discover and appreciate and value motherhood, womanhood? We, we, I'll throw fatherhood in there for that matter as well. 
I would say that it could be because, you know, we, we have a society today where it's like there's an agenda, a secular agenda to work against the family. I felt like in many ways I kind of made it fall into that. They say that people are not having children as much as, as in previous generations. It's really undervalued. It could be just simply a maturity thing. I mean, you know, in my case, I feel like the frontal lobe finally did develop enough through trial and error that, you know, you get married, you have children, you will experience trial and error. And, and so I, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for the wisdom and the example I have in my parents, and, and, and I hope to be able to pass that legacy on to my children. And I think with what we're going to talk about today, you're going to be able to, you know, pass that on in your generation and lineage as well. So I'm here in Proverbs chapter 31, famous chapter of the Bible, and I'm going to highlight for you six ways womanhood is a blessing, six ways motherhood is a blessing. Proverbs 31 is so rich. I mean, it's loaded with, you know, uh, insights and, and, and thoughts from the Scripture. And, you know, these are the, we could say these six things are six things that men appreciate in women. So if you're a single man this morning, you might want to listen because you need all the help you can get. And I'm just going to kind of lay out some thoughts here that will make you think. And, you know, this is something that I think all of us will really be able to, to glean from. Uh, quality number one, I'm going back to verse number 10. And it says, you know, who can find a virtuous wife? But I want to focus on the second part of the verse here. For her worth, the worth of a godly woman, it says, is far above rubies. So let me just talk about the quality of women, the quality of a mom. We could first of all begin with the thought about her quality. You know, rubies are expensive jewels. And in the same way that rubies are expensive, a woman who fears the Lord the Bible says, is to be praised. We should appreciate them. She's valued. I think about a woman in the Bible whose name was Abigail. And this woman was married to a man named Nabal. King David had been running from King Saul, and he came upon Nabal's property. First, this is uh, 1, Samuel, 1 Kings 25. And Nabal didn't want to help him. And through all the you know, wars that um, David had been in, it triggered him. He got angry. He thought, I'm going to go kill this clown. You know, and uh, it took Abigail coming there, calming him down with some food. And, and that quality is what saved her husband Nabal's life. She had a certain quality to her. I want to give a shout out to my wife, Elizabeth, man. She's got some qualities that I appreciate. She's wonderful, easy to be married to. And I do believe, like, in, in terms of pastoral ministry, man, Elizabeth is just amazing. I mean, she had a little woman's still yesterday, lemons and ladies. How many of you made it out for that? That was a great time, man. Was, we just had a wonderful time, and I appreciate the quality that my wife has, especially in ministry. It's a quality. Let me tell you about women and their, their characteristics. They have certain quality traits. Quality means that they're classy, and men do appreciate classiness in women because, uh, you know, sometimes men need a little help in that area. <laughs> uh, you know, Women have an eye for quality that's a little bit beyond that of men, right? So whether it's, you know, cooking, uh, uh, they, they add something to it. They do things well that enhances something. I mean, I, I can cook if we're talking about like pizza from, you know, Little Caesars or something, you know? But Elizabeth just knows how to pick up the meal a little bit more. And, and cleaning. I mean, there's something about that, you know, quality of, in the home. Now, 
I do, I do like to keep a clean home. I appreciate how hard Elizabeth works at that. When she did leave to go visit her family in Nova Scotia a couple years ago, she left me home with the kids. And we did pretty good keeping the house clean. But by the fourth day, the battle had been lost. <laughs> and I just remember, I just kind of gave up. So good thing she was coming back. See, women uh, have this quality, you know, where they know how to just raise the bar. Men are kind of like, meh, when it comes to certain things. But women... Man, they can see it, they can smell it, they can sense it, they can make it, present it, they can wear it better than men. I mean, take, for instance, Christmas decorating. This has been a source of contention in our home. Because I'm just not really, if you've got a wreath on the door, it's Christmas. And in Elizabeth's case, we got wreaths on doors. We got Christmas trees, skis on the wall, sleds in places, pictures of Santa. I mean, garlands. And, and it makes it feel like, you know, I live at Santa's workshop. There's a, there's a quality of that that I'm not going to do. I, I appreciate that I, for detail, she raises the bar. Women have certain qualities men don't have, like they have intuition, and they're more perceptive than men. And I can't tell you how many times when I was a teenager, a knuckleheaded teenager, and my mother would say, don't hang out with that guy. He's no good for you. And I thought she was kind of crazy, but now with the miracle of Facebook, you can find friends from 20 years ago and go, my mom was right. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> my wife has often told me, hey, I don't know that this is the best person to involve in this. or the, You need to be careful about this situation. And boy, there, there's just something about a woman's intuition that is quality I appreciate, the quality of a woman. And, and what she can see, she raises the bar, all the lady said. Amen. Let me give you a second thought about this, about the, the blessing of, of, of a woman. Verse 15, it says that she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. So this is a quality I'm going to highlight is, is faithfulness. This is the reason why God has blessed motherhood, man. It requires a level of faithfulness, steadfastness, uh, a level of um, you know, affection and loyalty. I think about the woman Martha in the Bible. You know, Martha got rebuked by Jesus because she was so busy serving everybody. And Jesus was like, Martha, just take a moment <laughs> to rest. And it is hard to find faithful people. I mean, Proverbs chapter 20 does say that. Who can find a faithful person? So faithfulness is evident when you do things like rising while it is night. I mean, some of the best moms I know, they're faithful in the night seasons. We got three kids. And fortunately, they're all good sleepers. But when they were little, you know, there, there had to be times to get up in the middle of the night. Someone said, what is that like in your home? And I said, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Elizabeth doesn't. <laughs> I thank God for it. Now, sometimes we did act like we were asleep. I'm sorry to admit it. <laughs> but Elizabeth could notice a voice crying across the room and would be faithful and attentive to get up and do that. I mean, they're not just faithful at night times. Women that I know, the good, good godly ones, man, they're faithful in lunch times. My mom's probably cooked 10,000 meals in her life, washed countless clothes or loads of laundry, and, and, you know, iron clothes, clean the house. And by the way, she was like the carpool, you know, person for our neighborhood out there in the country. She would put illegal amounts of children into our 1984 Buick station wagon and drive them back and forth to school because you could do that in those days. <laughs> Never complained about it. Always had joy in doing it. And that, that just, as a kid, it just spoke volumes to me about that. I've noticed that women tend to be very faithful in prayer. 
There's a woman in the Bible named Anna. 84 years she spent praying because she believed she was going to see Jesus. And it's interesting, Jesus gave us the parable of the persistent woman in Luke 18. I think sometimes when you're praying for something that you care about so dearly, love is what drives you. Because love is as strong as death, the scriptures say. And I know women sometimes, they're motivated by this sense of love and compassion. That's what my mom did in my case, man. She prayed and prayed and prayed. And I didn't even mean to rededicate my life to the Lord, but it just took. Because I count my mom's prayer. I'm like, wow, God did that because I had a woman praying for me for years. Uh, It is interesting, as I said, that Roe v. Wade could be on the potential of being overturned. Do you realize that has been enacted for 49 years? And with the overturning of that, they could take it to a state level, which would allow states, people like you, to get more more representative. I think that's a wonderful thing. And I just think it's interesting. People prayed for years. I had preachers tell me there's no way that'll ever get overturned. And if you would just stick with it and be faithful in prayer, you can see God turn situations around. Faithfulness is a quality that motherhood brings. Let's talk about a third characteristic, a third quality, a reason why women are a blessing. Verse 20, Proverbs 31, 20. It says, she extends her hands to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. Now, let's talk about the thoughtfulness of women, her thoughtfulness. Uh, there's a generousness, a, a graciousness in this verse. Uh, you know, especially considerate to people, especially the poor and the needy. That's what it's talking about here. I, I, you know, there's a, a woman in the Bible named Jehoshaphat, mentioned one time, uh, 2 Kings chapter 11, I believe. And Jehoshaphat knew that Athaliah, the queen, was trying to kill the royal family. She'd succeeded at killing everybody who was in the king's family except one young baby boy, Jehoash. And she reached her hands out at the cost of her own life and took him in and hid him for six years. You know, when I think about how a woman will extend herself, there's some differences between men and women. Men are are more, you know, focused on outward things. They're, They're driven for things like, you know, their accolades, their accomplishments, conquest. You know, they want to achieve certain things in life. And I see this as true because when I'm depressed or down about something, what really triggers things in me is so different than what might trigger something in my wife. I mean, men, you know, they want external things, but I notice that women, according to this verse, they tend to focus more on the needs of others. Like a woman will reach out and extend herself. I'm amazed at how, you know, my wife is always concerned about the children and the elderly. And the poor, the needy, orphans. You know, I remember one year at Christmas, Elizabeth said for Christmas, can, can, you, can we buy a goat for an African village? And I wasn't thinking about goats for African villages at Christmas. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. It just, something in me is like, wow, you know, there's, there's this concern that mothers will have uh, for the needs of, of, of other people. And by the way, women, they're thoughtful. They will remember like every birthday, every anniversary, major dates. I have a woman here at church, Jean Erickson. She, she's on top of it, man. She knows dates, birthdays of all my kids. I can't, I don't even remember the dates. You know, men, men get lost in that. And so it amazes me at the thoughtfulness of women. Here's what it says. She reaches her hand out. 
If you're a man, you ought to appreciate the thoughtfulness. Because otherwise you might get forgotten like you forget other people. I'm grateful for the thoughtfulness of women. Let's look at uh, verse 22, number four. Here's the fourth reason women are a blessing. It says she makes tapestry for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Yeah, I'm going to talk about elegance right here. The elegance of a woman. Splendor, style. Uh, you know, there's like the Queen of Sheba. She came to Solomon with her, it says, great retinue. I mean, she, she, she had everything lined up. She was perfectly dressed. I mean, she was showing everything off. Fine linen and purple. So elegance, you know, it may have to do sometimes with, with clothing and, and your appearance and the way that you look. And, and man, something about women, they do know how to color coordinate and, and they can dress from the eyeballs all the way down to the shoes and somehow manage to make it all work together and, and, and look t- together, put, put all together. It's, it's like, I'm amazed how girls can do that. They, they know how to appear a little more, you know, less disheveled than a man. <laughs> I appreciate that. But men do notice that thing. Men notice when a wife is put together. And, and so elegance is something that's attractive to a man. They, they'll see these observations about how someone looks good, knows how to take care of themselves. And that's what women do, man. They can buy it. They can wear it. They can present it. Everything all put together. And, and men appreciate that. And, you know, it, it's a funny thing. I do remember when my two brother-in-laws got married, and this was, you know, 20 years ago, and no sooner had they gotten engaged or married that they were about to go on the Montel Williams show for a makeover. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> women know how to put men together a little better than some men can put themselves together. You know, they know what to match, what to put together, what you know, your socks got to match or your belt's got to be with the color of the shoes. These are things men wouldn't know anything about. But there's an elegance to a woman that men appreciate. They, they, they look at, they, they make the observations, and they can tell when someone is put together and they appreciate it. Elegance, of course, though, is more than just the outward appearance. I mean, the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 that uh, elegance has to do with the quiet person of the heart, the hidden person of the heart, that we should not be consumed with outward appearances. And there's something about the persona of a woman that's elegant, that pleases the Lord when they're quiet, when they're submitted, when, 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 when they're walking in God's plan for them, there's like an elegance that comes with that. So we appreciate the elegance of women and motherhood uh, because it helps men who have blind spots in those areas come up a whole nother level. Can I get a witness? I appreciate that. Number five, I'm working my way through the passage of Scripture this morning. Look at verse number 26. It says that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. One thing I appreciate about my mom or motherhood is the softness of a, of a lady, their softness. Wisdom, gentle, and they're tender. And man, that, that is something that's so wonderful. And that first... Peter chapter 3, Abraham and Sarah mentioned and Sarah, how Sarah treated him with dignity. She treated Abraham as her husband in a gracious, wonderful way, and the Bible complements that. There's something that's wonderful about softness and how women are more tender than men. 
They have, they have a tenderness to them. And this is something that you know, men do appreciate. They're, they're, they're allured by it. They're attracted to it. It's, it's something that um, is appealing to a man in, in their voice, in the way they talk, and you know, in their feelings when they express it, and the softness of their skin. I have two little girls, man. They got the softest, wonderful skin. And you know, us men have rough edges around us and whiskers, and we like to whisker burn our kids. And man, women don't have that. <laughs> There's a softness that's there. And, and it does attract men. That just means, ladies, you don't have to be a UFC fighter. You can be uh, soft, kind, and tender, and it's appreciative for men. It's something that is alluring to a man. I'll never forget uh, when Elizabeth and I first met, and I, I hate to tell you this, I started getting cold feet. I know you wouldn't think that sounds crazy, but I did. I was, And I'll never forget, she took me out for coffee. We went down to Starbucks at the Sunrise Mall there in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, she sat me down, very calm tone and demeanor, and wanted to talk about it. And I'm telling you, that is what pulled me in. That softness did it. I thought, if I can't be happy with Elizabeth, who in the world could I be happy with? I mean, there's just something about that. When Ruth came to Boaz, it says that she came softly before his bed. And there's something about that soft approach that won Boaz's heart over, the softness of a woman. So it's alluring. It's appealing. By the way, softness is also a place of safety. I do like the way wrath. 15 says, when it says that uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. So you know what it's like when you're about to have an argument in your home, and hopefully you have been married long enough or learn that you don't have to get in a fight. It doesn't have to go to death, calm, fight. If you just have a soft answer and calm down, everything is going to be all right. And that softness actually might be one of the best answers, the best solutions you have in conversation. I'm so appreciative you know, when, when we're, you know, frustrated with some things, we, we can sit down, quietly resolve things, and a lot of it happens because of a soft tone that has been set. So it's a place of safety, the softness of a woman. Let's talk about the sixth thing I want to highlight here, verse 27. A godly woman watches over the ways of her household, and it says she does not eat the bread of idleness. We can talk about order. The orderliness in a home, home management, organization, uniform, uniformity. Uh, I like what the psalmist said, Psalm 128. It says that a wife or a mother is at the very heart of a home. Like they take a central role in the home. I found that decisions usually revolve around what the wife wants to do. And uh, if someone did say happy wife, happy life, <laughs> if mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy. And I just know that's the way it was in our home. It was like, you know, moms would help kind of form where we're going, what's taking place. There was an order that exists. You know, God's order for marriage, it, it, God's order is marriage. It's for a husband and a wife and a family and for people to be married. That's what he desires. That's the order that he set up and he blesses that. And and, and motherhood and, and womanhood is all part of that. It's part of his strategy and his plan. But I'm just telling you, what I've noticed is women tend to have an amazing eye for talent. They know where to hang pictures on walls. And you know, they know what things look good beneath the window uh, in a place. They, they have this idea where they can identify certain things, where, where it's laid out, what should happen. And, and I, I mean, man, 
I'm grateful for that organization. Elizabeth does a great job keeping the home clean. People say, how do you do this with three little kids running around? And, and she tells them it's because my husband would yell at me. No, I'm... <laughs> she does a great job keeping it clean. I so appreciate that. And I like having clean things. I'm just not going to lie. My mom made us clean the home. And uh, I remember when I was young, she'd make us clean closets. We had the biggest closet you had ever seen. As an eight-year-old, it just looked like it went on forever. And I had to clean that closet. I learned how to keep it clean, because if we didn't, I would get a spanking. <laughs> we kept it clean and orderly. I appreciated it, man. I look back at life, and I'm like, ooh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful uh, for that. I I've just highlighted for you six qualities of motherhood and womanhood. Uh, and it has to do, you know, with um, their quality and faithfulness, the order in a home, softness, and the elegance of women, their, their, their wisdom. And, and I think the thing that was really on my heart this morning for you is to ask you if you, if you appreciate what you have, if you appreciate a woman in your life, your own mom, a spouse, a sister, someone that you know. And if you appreciate it, how can you express it? How can you say to them how grateful you are, how much you love them? I feel like a lot of times people have a hard time expressing appreciation because they get so caught up on little negative details that might annoy you or might bother you. And listen, this is where a lot of people live at. A lot of people are not able to identify positive characteristics in people. Everything's negative. Now, I just went through Proverbs 31. It's very positive. It's very encouraging. You read through that text, he's highlighting all the wonderful attributes that women have. And a lot of times when it comes to parents, a lot of times when it comes to people, especially when you get familiar with them, you quit looking at some of the positive things and you get focused on negative things. And you know what happens? That's where drama comes from. That's where fights come from. That's where arguments come from. And I just felt like as I was ministering this morning, I felt in my spirit, like there's some perspectives that are going to shift supernaturally. Somebody needed to hear this today because what it's going to do is it's going to elevate your perspective. It's going to help you look through a completely new lens at what you have in a partner, who you had as a parent. I just believe God wants to break some burdens and set some people free in that. Anyone want to grow in life? Personal development is such a powerful thing. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to, I bet you want to be a better mom, a better wife. And I just want to pray that. Let's pray. Father, today we just thank you for your heart for women. And I pray, Lord, that we would just begin to see one another in a whole new light. I thank you for our perspectives shifting and, and things changing around us. And I thank you for the power of a godly woman in homes. Lord, I, I, I had a multiplying effect in the home. Husbands that would appreciate it and see it. And even you said Sarah in that home could win her husband over without even saying a word. There's something beautiful and precious about that. And I pray for all the men that are just sitting here listening this morning. I'm single men, men that are married. God, help increase our perspective and just take us up to a whole nother level so that we would be able to identify certain values, characteristics, and be able to communicate it and talk it over, appreciate and express what we have. Father, I just thank you this morning for what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're speaking to us. Thank you for this chapter in the Bible that helps us grow in grace and wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen and amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, uh, I just put that together this week, and I was, I was feeling like, man, sometimes people just get so in the weeds uh, in looking at their situation. They don't appreciate things. Now, I, I did meet a woman one time who really was in the weeds. I think Elizabeth shared this um, at, her, at her luncheon yesterday. I went to India, and I met a woman there named Rekna. And she had the most interesting testimony. Rekna uh, was born in the caste system in India. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's the poorest of the poor. She was born in a village that was just, like, you. it's hard to imagine the poverty. And, you know, that's what life was like for her. People in that part of the world very rarely ever accomplish things in life. They hardly ever get out of that poverty. And one day, Regna had a friend who told her about Jesus. Now, with India, there's 300 million gods. So when you hear about a new god, it's not like, uh, you know, something that you get you know, surprised by. You, you get curious because there's so many of them. But the difference her friend said about Jesus is that he's the one true God and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And without him, there's no way to really know God. And that intrigued her. That, that was something she'd never heard. She thought that was strange. But it provoked her interest enough that she started going to church with him. And this is when she was a teenager. She started going to church and believing in Jesus. And so as she grew, she, one night she was sitting there and she was really contemplating, do I need to follow Jesus? Or should I continue in the Indian religion that I'm used to? That's why all my friends are like, that's the society I live in. She was torn. I don't know what to do. And she said, oh, I, I'm just going to pray. And, and she said, you know, Jesus, if you're real, if you are the real way to God, I, I would like to know. She said she went to bed that night, had the best sleep of her life, and woke up in the morning with this complete total peace and a sense of assurance that God, that Jesus was real, that God had a plan for her. She said, that's it, man. I, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. He is the true God. Something interesting began to happen to Reckon when that happened. Uh, this was like the last year of high school for her. And all of a sudden, her ability to read and comprehend English, just she got the highest grades in the class. Suddenly it was like, almost supernatural, where she could understand how to converse in the English language. When she was 20, she applied at different jobs. One of the jobs was uh, Air India, the, the, um, the airline agency, the largest one in India. And, you know, no one with her background was really qualified for that job, but Air India had one thing that they were really high on, which was a bilingual ability. And when she was tested to her amazement, she scored at the highest level because she could fluently communicate in English something she'd really never been learning. It was supernatural. She got hired at the job. And everyone in her village is shocked to see her, you know, traveling across the globe on Facebook, taking pictures in different places. And they're all curious about how it is she got so blessed in that situation. How did the blessing of God come to you? And she'll tell them all about it, man. Jesus is the way. You know, this, this woman, Regan, she just had a baby. And uh, her husband's pastoring there, and, and she travels. And, and, you know, that is the blessing of God. And maybe this morning you don't have that sense of assurance. You don't have that sense of peace in your life. And I just wanted to give you a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with the Lord, if you don't have peace, if you don't know his blood it is atoning for your life, there's something about the peace of God. My mom 
man, she would sing to us as kids at night. And even though I'm a 41-year-old man, I still look back and remember the nurture of a mother and the peace that that brought. And I've found that the peace of Jesus supersedes even that. Maybe you're not right with God. Maybe there's no peace. I want to just give you a chance to pray this morning. Put a hand up. We'll pray with you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Let's just do this. If that's you and you're in a sincere place and you want to experience the peace of God, why don't you just do something? Put your arms open like this, everyone. And just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept your provision for sin in my life. And I want to be right with you. And I want your peace in my heart. And I want to know you. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer and you're sincere about it, I'm telling you, you can experience a peace of God that you've never had. It's called the peace that passes all understanding. And hearing a woman talk about, Regna, how she talked about having the best night of sleep in her life and waking up with total assurance, I'm telling you, that can happen in your life. If you'll grow in him, get to know him, get plugged in, read the Bible, you'll see God transform things in your life. Amen. Will you stand up with us this morning? Man, it's great to have you out here in the house of the Lord. How many of you encouraged today? I, I am so appreciative for this church. I'm appreciative for my mom, my wife, the women in our church. You are such a blessing, and I want you to know that. I do believe we got some uh, gifts for our moms and ladies out there. I always tell them to buy extra, so if it's chocolate, I can have more. Come on, somebody. <laughs> want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you. If you need prayer for anything, we're here to pray with you. If you need to be encouraged or lifted up, burdens, we, we'll pray with you. Um, you are a blessing to us, and we love you. We will catch you all next week. Amen.